Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 1 Samuel chapter 16 from the World English Bible. Yahweh said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided a king for myself among his sons. Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. Yahweh said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to Yahweh. Call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint to me him whom I name to you. Samuel did that which Yahweh spoke and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, Do you come peaceably? He said, Peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to Yahweh. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. He sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. When they had come, he looked at Eliab and said, Surely Yahweh's anointed is before him. But Yahweh said to Samuel, Don't look on his face or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him, for I don't see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but Yahweh looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. He said, Yahweh has not chosen this one either. Then Jesse made Shammah to pass by. He said, Yahweh has not chosen this one either. Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. Samuel said to Jesse, Yahweh has not chosen these. Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your children here? He said, There remains yet the youngest. Behold, he is keeping the sheep. Samuel said to Jesse, Send and get him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, with a handsome face and good appearance. Yahweh said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the middle of his brothers. Then Yahweh's spirit came mightily on David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Now Yahweh's spirit departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from Yahweh troubled him. Saul's servants said to him, See now, an evil spirit from God troubles you. Let our Lord now command your servants who are in front of you to seek out a man who is a skillful player on the harp. Then when the evil spirit from God is on you, he will play with his hand and you will be well. Saul said to his servants, Provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. Then one of the young men answered and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person, and Yahweh is with him. Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, 
Send me David your son, who is with the sheep. Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread and a container of wine and a young goat and sent them by David his son to Saul. David came to Saul and stood before him. He loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Please let David stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. When the Spirit from God was on Saul, David took the harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. That's the end of chapter 16. Here are some things that stood out to me when I read it. Samuel had actually gotten attached to Saul, but in spite of everything, Samuel still feared for his own life in spite of his former relationship with Saul and in spite of the fact that he had done mighty acts for God. And in that way, it just shows his humanity, um, not unlike Elijah after he had done the things that we'll read about later when we get there with on Mount Carmel. And then in curious contrast to Samuel's fear for his own life from Saul, Samuel's reputation has apparently gone before him to the men of Bethlehem because they're leery of him. And it's possible it's from what just happened with Agag, or maybe they know he's not in good standing with Saul, so they're a little leery. It seems curious to me that when Samuel is looking at Jesse's sons, that he is still judging by outward appearances because that seemed to be the fatal flaw in what happened with Saul, that everybody was judging him by his outward appearance and not by his character. But I think it's also good to point out that when God says he doesn't judge someone by his outward appearance, that doesn't mean he rejects people who look good. It just means that that has no bearing on their character. And in fact, in verse 12, David is described as handsome. I was feeling a little sympathetic for his brothers, as I could imagine them each hoping to be the one anointed king, and then finding out their younger brother is the one who gets anointed. And that probably helps explain why they're irritated when he shows up with this deal with Goliath later. They had already been lowered in status compared to him and what they expected as big brothers. And then right here in this chapter, in verse 11, we have a description of David that really destroys all of the stories that talk about only a boy named David and show this young child killing Goliath. The youngest here does not mean he was a boy. And in verse verse 18, it says, he was known as a mighty man of valor. He was a man of war. He was old enough and experienced enough to be prudent in speech, and Yahweh was with him. Now, of course, Yahweh can be with younger people with children, and children can learn to speak well as well. But the part about him being a man of valor and a man of war are emphasized by those two other things. Then in verse 13, it says, Yahweh's spirit was with David on David from that day forward, as opposed to Saul, where we know God's spirit left him. I don't think this can be compared to when people talk about people losing their salvation. I think it's more along the lines of God having revealed himself to Saul, much like the Bible reveals God to us, and Saul rejected God, whereas David has a heart after God's own. And I think God wants to be with people like that. Then in verse 14, it talks about a, quote, evil, unquote, spirit that comes to bother Saul. But evil 
doesn't mean demonic because evil can also mean that which is distressing to a person. There are other places where it talks about God bringing evil, and it's obviously not meaning that God is immoral or doing wicked things. I talked about this in a previous episode that you can look up the definition of evil and find that one of the definitions is that it's just something that is distressing to a person. It is curious how all of this leads to David with God's spirit coming to soothe Saul. We know that God works all things out according to his plan, so he's obviously orchestrating where David is going to be. And it seems very much like he's positioning David to be in the royal court and to learn things and to have opportunities, but it also looks like a last chance for Saul to seek God in spite of being rejected as king. I think it's important to point out when God talks about rejecting David's brothers, he's not rejecting them as people or from following him. He's rejecting them as king. They can still repent if they need to and follow him. It's not clear where their hearts are with God. Uh, if they haven't, maybe they will, but he they are not the people that it suits God to be king. This is similar to the places where God says he loved Jacob but hated Esau, and, and where Jesus says, if you love me, you have to hate your father and mother. It's a comparison issue. It's not a hatred and reviling from the heart. But with David coming into Saul's court, as it were, David is seeming like a type of Christ to Saul, where he comes with God's spirit and he's offering comfort. But unfortunately, Saul doesn't seem to know how to let go of his pride. So he only avails himself of the earthly comfort of the music, and he enjoys, he benefits from the peaceful presence of God that David brings, but Saul doesn't turn his own heart to God. And it's interesting that Saul apparently didn't get the word that David was anointed as the next king. I can just imagine David and his whole family being a little bit on tenderhooks here and hoping that things don't get out of control. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 